0: Oh, ho, 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 ho. I don't know if that's Santa Claus or Job of the Hut. It's one of the two. Oh, ho, ho. Han Solo, Jingo doga, it's Santa Claus because it's Christmas. It's not Job of the Hut. It's Santa Claus. And today for Dead Rabbits' medically induced Christmas special, we have three amazing stories. First off, what would you do if a bunch of hooligans showed up at your house dressed up as inverted turkeys? That's a real story. That wasn't a joke. That other episode. Then we're going to take a long walk through the woods. Is it possible we will see the future or be killed by the leprechaun? And then we travel to a small island straight out of a horror movie. What happens when you visit a quaint little village on the wrong day? You get the crap kicked out of you. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Christmas the Christmas Miracle episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day, and I'll explain that in a second. I hope you guys are having a great day as well. Let's first, we got a ton of stuff to cover. This is probably going to be a longer episode. But first off, I want to bring in our newest Patreon supporter, Piddle Poo. Everyone give a round of applause to Piddle Poo as he's hang gliding in. Whee, he's doing circles above our head. He's taunting us with the power of flight. Piddle, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. Can't support the Patreon, I totally understand, just help spread the word about the show, really, really helps out a lot. So as Piddle Pooh's flying around in circles, he's getting super dizzy, he's like, oh man, I don't even like hang gliding. Let me explain to you where we're at with the show. So the show is coming back at the beginning of January. Today, I've released two episodes. The episode that was right before this one was already recorded, it wasn't edited. I had to go to the hospital because I had AFib, my heart went into AFib. Once again, the doctors believe that it's caffeine and nicotine, that it was substances, basically substance abuse. But this time, they're sending me to a cardiologist. Last time, they did an echocardiogram. My heart's fine. That's the thing. They keep running all these tests. They go, your heart's fine. You don't have any blood clots. We see no problems. My biggest issue right now is I they said... You're an, you're 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 abusing your body with. They didn't say that. <laughs> they weren't that dramatic. Doctor House didn't come in and kick my bed. He goes, "You're you're taking in too much caffeine, so I'm going through serious uh, withdrawals right now." I was having about nine to ten caffeinated beverages a day. I'm down to one. You hear the misery. In my, you hear the misery in my voice. I, on top of that, I started using nicotine again during the summer. I was ingesting about. 15 to 20 nicotine lozenges a day. I'm down to two. So, m- I'm just <laughs> absolutely miserable right now. I've been sitting here for the past week, just kind of being miserable, eating a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for some bizarre <laughs> for some bizarre reason. That helps. Um, I did want to get a Christmas episode out for you guys, but I am going to still be taking... There's going to be no more episodes after these. yesterday's episode that came out today. I know it's complicated, but... Then I'm still going to take some time off. I'll be back at the beginning of January. But that, I'd, I want to let you guys know, I was getting a lot of emails. I really appreciated the emails. Some of you guys were telling me to get better. Some of you guys were worried. Don't be worried. Just be worried that I'm not going to go and beat up a chicken walking down the street because I'm withdrawing from nicotine and caffeine. It's rough. It's really rough. Um, but my heart, health-wise, I'm fine. Health-wise, I'm fine. I'm going to see my cardiologist who actually happened to be, I didn't know this, My cardiologist is going to be the guy that I used to do jujitsu with. So I'm sure he'll get beat up. I'm sure he'll call me a wimp a couple times. Ah, come on, you big wimp. Your heart's fine, dork. But I am fine. I'm just really going through with And that was, I'm just not feeling good in that sense. But I did need to take time off. So I appreciate that you guys have given that time to me. That's enough of that medical stuff pushing it out of the way, pushing over hospitals, get out of our way, medical establishment, we have a story to tell, Poo. I want you to jump off of that hang glider, I'm gonna give you the keys to the festively decorated Jason Jalopy, and it has like, it's just candy canes, just candy canes hanging everywhere, and there, the, has elves in the, uh, carburetor, they're just living there, they're like, oh, this is the worst story ever, um, that made no sense, but they're in there anyways, and I'm not going to edit it. Go ahead and hit the gas pedal. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command, and we are headed out to Finland. <whistles> Cars driving. It's like the elves in the carburetor <laughs> They're completely mashed. Their are elf jelly now. But the elf jelly gives the car the power to fly. So we're flying over the ocean. We get to Finland. Now, I do have to say this. One, I am drinking a, <laughs> I'm drinking a berry smoothie right now. So I have a lot of sugar in me, so I'm a little hyper. Two, I'm excited to be doing the show again, so I'm a little hyper. And three, that doesn't have anything to do, that doesn't matter. Somebody may have recommended this to me. I am trying really hard to figure out if someone recommended this to me. If you did, go ahead and and let me know, because I I would have notes of it somewhere. But I may have found it on my own. But I just want to say, if this sounds familiar to you, I will give you credit um, if you did recommend it to me. Jason Jalopy's flying, Elf Elfku is dripping out of the exhaust. We're headed out to Finland, and we look at the clock, and it's January 13th. Cars landing in the snow, a bunch of kids are out throwing snowballs and stuff like that. And they're super excited, not not because they're withdrawing from nicotine and taking in too much sugar. They're super excited because today is nutty day. So they're like, nutty day nutty day. They're like pushing each other, pushing each other in a pile of nuts. He's like, no, I'm allergic. Ah, nutty day. Kids are dancing around. And we're like, what is nutty day? And the town mayor shows up and he goes, what? You guys don't know about nut day? We're like, "If we don't know what nutty day is. We probably don't know what nut day is. And he goes, it's an old Finnish tradition, you see. So January 13th is like the day of the epiphany. It's like one of the days of christmas so christmas is over with obviously but the tradition carries on and in finland in this part of the world don't ask me to point out don't ask me to show you where finland is at on a map i think it's above germany <laughs> that's as far as i know it's somewhere around sweden and dutch uh the the, the netherlands and things like that anyways it doesn't exist so i don't even know why i'm worried about it the mayor goes let me tell you about nut day not only am i going to tell you about Nut Day." I'm gonna tell you about Nut Day according to the Finnish Wikipedia. Now, I've covered this once before. I found the description of Cookie Monster on a Brazilian Wikipedia page. So it's not Wiki- it's so every country has its own Wikipedia, but then you can translate it to English, and translation errors are sometimes funny. So you're like, Jason, did you really build an entire segment around translation errors? No, no. Kinda. But this one's... Oh, let me just, sorry, sorry, let me just tell you the story. So anyways, according to a Wikipedia... According to mistranslated Finnish Wikipedia page, on Nut Day, it's January 13th, and it's nighttime, a bunch of dudes show up at your house, and they're either dressed up as nutcrackers, so they have, like, they distend their jaws. They're like, Ma, get my costume ready. She's, like, breaking their jaws open so they can lower. They can get super low. They either dress up as a nutcracker, they either turn themselves into saw traps, or they dress up as, quote, an old inverted turkey. I'm like, what? I was trying to think, like, did they put, like, turkey carcasses on their head, but then it's inverted? So, like, did they peel it inside out, and the rib bones are, like, sticking out, again, looking like a saw trap? How do you invert it? How do you... I can figure out if someone said invert a turkey, I could probably figure that out. But if someone asked me to dress up like one, I mean, sure, give me a long and give over an infinite scale over the until the heat death of the universe, I could probably do it. But these guys do it every year. They show up, they go to house to house, they knock at your door, so you're kind of getting it. It's like oh, it's like Christmas in January. That's kind of dope. It's even better than that because these guys, they can get. They don't really get candy. They get beer, food, or money. And here's a tip, if you didn't know this, you can use money. You can use money to buy beer or food. If they run, oh man, I ran out of beer. Here's some money. You're still good. You're still good. That was the older version of it. I'm sure there's still some older kids dressing up as inverted turkeys. Nowadays, it is a lot like a traditional Halloween where the kids show up and they sing and they get candy. No beer for the kids. No money either. But you know, you sing, you get candy. The kids show up, and the, you answer the door, and you go, "Are the nuts going to sing?" And then the kids sing, which I don't I think might actually be more more irritating because one of the most irritating things in life is a child singing. <laughs> Where has your soul gone? No, let me finish this. Let me finish this. This is one of the most irritating things in the world to me. A child singing, and insisting to sing the whole song, like I get it. Old Town Road. You sing the first two. I go, it's oh, pretty good. And then they're like, da 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 I was like, oh yeah, you're pretty good. And then they're like, starting going to the bridge. I'm like, oh my god, I get it. You can sing. You can verbalize <laughs> words out of your throat. I don't need to hear the third chorus, kids. Just need to like sing, <laughs> just need to sing a couple lyrics, TikTok, seven seconds, like a TikTok video, and then I'll give them some candy. I That irritates me when kids keep singing. It's a weird pet peeve of mine. I get it. I get, I get it. I was never a fan of uh, Kids Incorporated. I was like, no, shut it off after seven seconds. Anyways, that would irritate me. I would move. So, what is Nutty Day? It's a real holiday. The inverted turkey, because then I went to the English version of wikipedia to find out if any of this madness was true an inverted turkey was a translation error. they dress up as goats which is actually less terrifying as opposed to a a turkey turned inside out but a goat man (laughs) goat man's pretty scary knocking on your door so that is a good costume i would give that guy beer to get him away the tradition still exists it's changed into this childlike version of halloween meets christmas but nutty day starts with the kids demolishing everything Christmas related in their house. First off, they eat all the ornaments not not like the glass ornaments, you know, like all the edible ornaments, the popcorn, tinsel, and like the candy canes. The kids on um, they have to wait. They have to wait till January thirteenth, so all that stuff is super stale at that point. They're super gross. There's ants in the popcorn. But that they eat. All the edible decorations off of the Christmas tree. Then they go to the gingerbread house that they've built. They Again, they built it before Christmas. They probably built that like on the 20th. At this point, this thing is half a month old. They don't eat it. They don't eat the gingerbread house though. They smash it. They smash it to pieces. They just pound it into dust. And then they might be able to eat the dust. I'm not for sure. They leave one gingerbread man. To witness all of the destruction, and then they save him till next year. They put him in the cupboard and said, "Tell your people what happened here." And then they shut the cupboard. They shut the cupboard door, and there's a bunch of other gingerbread men from past Christmases locked in the darkness. So they do. They don't. They don't, <laughs> they don't torture the gingerbread population. And then to end it all off, that's not enough, right? Eating your Christmas tree, destroying your house, a gingerbread house, not your own house. They then take their Christmas tree and they get rid of it. And you're like, yeah, of course, they just don't, like, keep that. They throw it out their window. Now, you could say, yeah, Jason, it's not like Fall Guys. <laughs> it's not like a stunt, man. They open the window up, they throw it out. They do. They don't make it smash through their window. However, they usually go to the second story of their house and throw it into the street. And they just left it there. So, uh, by January 13th, towns in Finland would be littered. With Christmas trees. Not my problem. Someone else would have to pick them up. That tradition just ended like 10 years, 10 years ago. Up until the early 2000s, people were still throwing Christmas trees off of second or third story buildings. If you're really rich, you have a third story, fourth story. That's only for Bill Gates. But you throw these Christmas trees out of your house. That signifies the end of nutty day. So that's a that's a nutty way to spend Christmas. Am I right, guys? Am I right? And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, you, you waited 15 minutes to tell that pun. I did. But what I didn't wait for was my blood sugar to go down. Because I'm obviously still hyper. Piddle Poo, call in that dead rabbit dirgeable. We're going to say goodbye to this Finnish town as we're dodging Christmas trees getting thrown at us. Take us up, up, and away in that dead rabbit dirgeable. We don't have a far way to go, I don't think. Because, again, I'm not really for sure where it's at on the map. But I'm pretty sure it's close. We're leaving behind Finland. We're headed out to Sweden. This is another story. I got to be honest. I'm pretty sure I found found it on my own. I've been sitting on these stories for a long time. I came across these stories like in June, but I wanted to save them for a Christmas episode. Um, But a lot of times people send me stuff from other countries and I kind of stumble across stuff as well. Stefan might have sent this to me. I'm not for sure. But if you sent these stories to me, let me know. I'll make it up to you. Piddlepoo, take us over the scenic, ice-capped mountains of Sweden. You see those little towns down there? Just pick one. Just pick any one of them. This is a celebration going on tonight. It's New Year's Eve. Piddlepoo's perfectly navigating the dead rabbit dirigible through the darkness. Down on the ground, we see people going, New Year's Eve song. (laughs) What's the New Year's Eve song? We don't know. Piddlepoo's bringing that... Dead Rabbit Dirigible down. We're in Sweden. It's New Year's Eve. Most of this, really, all this information I got from an article on Atlas Obscura written by Kelly Kattelfemann. So thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, amazing article. Amazing story. I wanted to give you credit for that. We find ourselves outside of this town in Sweden. It's New Year's Eve. It's midday, coming close to evening, dusk. We see a man leave his house and start to walk into the woods surrounding the town. We start to see a bunch of people leave their houses. And all of them head off into different directions into the woods around town. We can do this too. We're going to pick a direction. We're going to keep on walking. Eventually civilization disappears. We're walking through the woods. We've got a couple of rules on this walk. No technology. No iPod. You can't even bring your phone with you. Quite dangerous to us city slickers. Even if you were allowed to have a phone on you, you can't talk. You can't eat, you can't drink, you can't tell a single person where you're going. But it doesn't matter because everybody knows the purpose of this walk. You are doing the gong. It's an ancient Swedish tradition. What it is, is that on New Year's Eve, you have to leave your house. If you want to do the tradition, you're not forced out. It's not a bunch of guards you're like pushing you your They're like, do the gong. If you want to do this, you have to leave your house. You have to walk out into the wilderness. And the point is to eventually reach a local church or a graveyard. And you go, well, Jason, there's one of those right around the corner. Can't I just go there? I mean, do I really have to do a giant U-shape walk into the woods and come? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you can't just walk down the street slurping on a milkshake and go to the graveyard. It's about the journey. So even if you have to go out into the woods only to double back at some point to reach that graveyard, that is the journey. So why would you do this? You walk to see the future. At the point of New Year's Eve, right before New Year's Day, the new timeline is being created. On this walk, you will have visions of what the new year will bring. You may see success. You may see the death of a loved one. You may actually see your own death. So the journey is what allows the visions to take place. You just walk over there, like just cut a bunch of corners to get there. Then you're not really going to experience the visions, but the visions come at a cost. So we're all walking through the woods together. And I have a special bubble around me so I can talk. I can break all these rules. I'm eating Kentucky Red Chicken. I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm." I'm eating it. I'm wiping my fingers on the side of the bubble. I continue to talk. As we're walking through the woods here, Look for movement around you. You may see something hiding behind a tree. That might be a promotion. (laughs) You might work work for Reptilians Incorporated. And that was your boss. You may see the image of a beautiful bride standing behind a rock. And you go, oh, maybe that means I'm going to get married. And you start to rush off to behind that boulder. And there's nothing there. So you're like, does that mean I'm not getting married? Well... I don't, know, I don't know whether or not you're getting married, but this is what's weird about this. You'll see the... Everything's weird, everything's weird about it. A man's eating Kentucky Fried Chicken in a bubble explaining to you an ancient Swedish tradition. But you'll see these visions behind trees, in underneath rivers and things like that. But some of them will tell you the future, and some of them will kill you. Because there's a bunch of monsters hiding in the woods as well. They're watching you. This is the time they know... They want to get some sweet, sweet human flesh. Everyone's going to be walking in the woods this night. It's basically Blairwitchesmatch.com. They'll try to distract you. They'll try to actually take you off course. So if you ran around the boulder to see that pretty young bride, it uh, could be a goblin. Could be a bunch of goblins standing on each other's shoulders wearing a wedding dress. Maybe. Could have actually been your bride. You don't know. You won't know until you run over there. You won't know. But most of the time. You might see a vision of the future, but there's a whole bunch of creatures trying to throw you off the track. The creatures are also there to make sure you follow the rules. If you're walking through the woods and you actually encounter another person on the Arskong, you can walk with them, but you can't talk, can't say anything. Just walk with them. You can take the journey with them, but you can't really interact with them in any sort of way. And because we've had stories of people meeting up and going on this walk together... We've been able to learn what some of the penalties are for breaking the rules. One of them is you go insane, which you really don't need a witness for that. Someone goes, someone goes, bye, honey. I'm going to go try to see the future and hopefully don't get waylaid by a bunch of monsters. Bye, honey. And then he comes back and he's insane. You're like, oh, I guess that didn't go so well. Some people get their heads distorted. I don't know what that means. That's an actual quote they get their heads distorted. I they're the fa- fantastical side of me thinks like someone walks into the woods and they come out and maybe they have like one of their eyes is moved slightly uh, up. They look like sloth or something like that. The true crime version of me <laughs> makes me think the guy got his head bashed in by some brute with a club. That would actually be a great place if you're going to be a serial killer to go to a place Where a bunch of people are always walking around in the woods, and if people just disappeared or went insane, they'd go, Oh, (laughs) the police aren't going to investigate it. They're like, Oh, they just probably got attacked by a bunch of goblins in a wedding dress. I don't know. If I was going to be a serial killer operating in any area, I would choose this place or the edge of a volcano because I would never be caught. There'd never be any bodies, but they would. The cops would probably wonder why there's always this Jason-shaped silhouette on the edge of a volcano. They're like, we do have a lot of missing people up there. And that that guy did say on his podcast that he liked pushing people. I never said I liked it. Jury, jury, your honor, I never said I liked pushing people into a volcano. I'm just saying if I was a serial killer, I would either kill people in Sweden or the edge of a volcano. But... That aside, that aside. Where I don't remember where it was at. Oh yeah, distorted head. So I don't know if people are coming out and just like they're cross-eyed for a couple of days, or if they've been brained by some maniac <laughs> with a with a pumice club. It could be one of the two. We do actually have a live version. Like we have a witness who saw what happened when someone broke one of these rules. Here's this story. It's from a book called Folk Life in Sweden. Now, these two dudes are walking, walking, doing the arse gong. And the forest can pull all sorts of tricks on you. It wants you to fail. It wants you to fail at this. Two guys are walking. They didn't really know each other. There's a stream. And as they're walking, the stream starts to get darker and darker. It's no longer spring water, it's wine. And one of the guys gets down on all fours, and he cups his hands. <laughs> eating spaghetti, eating spaghetti. He cups his hands and he's drinking the wine, which is one of the rules you're not supposed to do. Not supposed to drink. He drinks it, and then he turns to the other guy and goes, "Now the water is wine." And a voice deep within the wine-filled depths goes, "And your eyes are now mine." And these hands shoot out and rip the dude's eyeballs out. <laughs> I don't think he was trying not to laugh. He's like, oh, that's ticklish. That's something that happens in a Leprechaun movie. I'm not going to say it's not dope. Because I love the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> They're like my favorite. Leprechaun and Final Destination are my favorite horror movie franchises. But that's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. I'm sure that little monster man or whatever was down there the whole time was saying, I hope he says something I can rhyme with. I hope he wasn't like, hey, wait a second, that doesn't make sense now that I think about it. Because that homeboy was speaking Swedish. So it wouldn't rhyme. It would be like "Flunkin' Dunkin' something. And then the creature would be like, your eyes, your eyes, I'm going to eat your eye." Like, it wouldn't rhyme. It wouldn't rhyme. Man. <sighs> I don't even want to finish this story now. Anyways, I will. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one was pretty dope. I will finish this because this one's actually better. There's another story. This guy was out for a walk. He saw some, because it can, again, it's all about distracting you. So, you sure getting your eyeballs? Getting your eyeballs ripped down, it's a pretty big distraction. I don't think you're going to finish your walk. But this guy, he didn't drink the wine. He didn't follow the goblins in the wedding dress. He didn't let anything bug him. But he saw an unusual sight. This would distract anyone. He saw a bunch of rats pulling a cart of hay. So it's like a little cart of hay, regular-sized rat, and they're pulling it across the ice. Even that doesn't distract him. That doesn't distract him at all. He's like, okay, you've seen one rat pulling? Hey, you've seen them all. I'm on a quest to find out what the future is. Then we get this passage, quote, One of the rats slipped on the ice and fell on his back while farting so loudly it could be heard across the whole parish. That's that's going to distract you, right? The guy laughed really, really loud. This rat farted, and he didn't get to see the future. He didn't get to see the future, but he did get to see a rat slip and fart. Is That's all the future. That's all the future you need. That story you can tell forever. Yeah, sure. You'd be like, yeah, the grains are going to grow. You might die. You might die. They're like, what? We want to know. I don't know, but I got to see a rat fart. I know rat farts so loud everyone in town heard it. Actually, he probably farted. <laughs> he probably farted. And he comes back to town. They're like, dude, Johan, what happened? He's like, it wasn't me. It was the rat. There's actually a video game based on this, which you can download. It. It'll be in the show notes. I would I would play it. It's for the Apple Apple phone. I don't have those. If you do though, you can play that. But it, let's say you don't want to walk out in the forest. Let's say there's no forest around you. There is another Swedish tradition you can do. If you take the porridge spoon, okay, you have to have por- <laughs> You have to have porridge. It's not as easy as I thought. You have to prepare porridge. But if you know how to do that, I think it's just oatmeal, right? Oatmeal with yogurt. You take porridge and you take a porridge ladle, porridge spoon, you walk around your house three times counterclockwise before Christmas dinner, then you'll see the future. So if you can't run through the forest and have your eyeballs ripped out or outrun me as I'm throwing lava at you or hearing rats fart, just make some porridge, walk around your house counterclockwise three times it will tell you the future, so you can do that. That is how you can play that at home. But we got one more thing to cover here, guys. This episode is a Christmas episode, so we're going a little long. Piddle poo. Let's put you in the seat of that carpenter copter. It is festive as well. Candy canes. That's all it is. It's just candy canes. The, all the uh, instruments are made out of gumdrops. So hope you can fly. Hope you can fly only using visuals. We are leaving behind. Sweden, and we are headed out to the Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) This one was a recommendation. I do know who recommended it to me. Patron of the show, Rolf. Amazing story. Thank you so much for the recommendation. And it's quite spooky. We're going to end this Christmas episode on a spooky one. (laughs) (laughs) Piddlepoo is flying. Now we're going to land right here. Right on the Netherlands. Which is like a country. Place, but then there's like islands off the side of it. It's not a geography podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And the reason why I wanted you to land here, Piddle Poo, is because part of the story is we have to take this ferry. So we see this boat, <coughs> coming towards. Sorry for those of you who were sleeping. ferries coming towards us. Now it's December fifth. It's every December fifth. This isn't any particular December fifth. As we're getting on the ferry, we're handed a note. Every person getting on the ferry says, warning. I don't know if it said warning, but it said, attention. (laughs) Maybe it was more polite than that. There's a festival going on on the island of Aimland. Don't come. Don't come this weekend. Uh, Find something else to do. (laughs) Go to Sweden, get your eyeballs ripped out. Uh, Just don't come this time of year. Uh, Yours sincerely, the Aimland Bureau of Tourists. And we're like, what? Now, they don't prevent us from going. But they they highly suggest we don't go. Mainlanders don't come to the island. I nod to Piddle Poo. He knows what to do. He's choking out the captain of the ferry, putting on his clothes. We now have control of. We didn't need to do that. <laughs> they would take us there anyways. But we now have control of the ferry. We are headed to Aimland. It's a tiny little island. Population thirty six hundred. That's super small. But on December fifth, it's the week. Of the celebration. Um, um, fairy's getting closer to this island. It's like three in the afternoon. It's not super spooky. But with the right cinematography. (laughs) If you're not the right filmmaker. It looks super spooky. December 4th. December 5th. Is when this is happening. We get there. People see us. They're kind of pissed off that we're there. We see a bunch of like, kids walk onto the ferry. They're like, Papa, 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 Papa's the captain of the ferry. Where is he? We're like, uh, Piddle ditching the clothes real quick. Uh, I don't know. We, we, He's staying on the mainland. Papa? Is the kids opening the door to the cabin. We're running off. But it doesn't matter whether or not we just kill this guy. Nobody wants us there anyways. They don't want mainlanders there. December 4th, December 5th. We get there and we start to notice... It's probably like four now. We we bought a bunch of trinkets. There's not a lot of women on this island. Well, there are, but every time we see one, they're running away from us. (laughs) It's not just because the cops are looking for us for murdering a captain. The town is emptying of women. Children, too. We see them kind of running away into their houses. And then there's a period of time where it seems like there's nobody on the streets but us. It's five p.m. It's kind of dark now. Walking through the streets of this little town, we hear off in the distance from another part of town. What? What is that? Sounds like a man. Sounds like a man trying to imitate a goat horn. We're hearing these goat horn sounds all over town. There's no women. There's no children. There's horrible noises coming from all around us. It's 5 p.m. Soont Klaus has begun. This is a bizarre phenomenon. It's 100% real. And up until very recently, nobody knew about it if you didn't live on the island. It's an ancient tradition. And the island's not super far off the coast. It's not like the island of Dr. Moreau in the middle of nowhere. It's a ferry. <laughs> you just take a ferry there all day long. But they've done a really good job at keeping it under wraps. Rolf was saying most people in the Netherlands don't even know about it. But recently a couple like Vice did an article on it. A couple of journalists have gone there. They heard rumors. They went there with cameras. Were taking pictures. I guess I should say this too. I forgot this detail. The journalists tend to get harassed when they cover this. <laughs> so if, if I don't come back in January, if you find me like under layers and layers of goat fur, um, somewhere out in the middle of some field, um, I probably just had a really good nap. Um, I became a fur trader and quit the podcast or I was waylaid by Soont and Klaus. But so this is a real thing people still don't know a lot about. And you get in trouble if you talk about it. It's a secret society slash christmas celebration here's the rules as as we're now hiding inside here's the rules we're peeking out and we see this stuff if you're a man on this island you spend a couple months putting together your outfit and you have to have an outfit that's so ornate that no one else in town can recognize you it's a town of 3600 people So that's pretty, you got to go through a lot of effort to make sure no one recognizes you in such a small town. Also, the costumes are matching. So you run with like five other dudes. So you guys may all be like the knocky-knocks and you guys will dress up like giant doorknobs. They don't (laughs) don't do that. It's just like they wear a mask and a big giant robe. But they are, they're creepy. They are creepy costumes. I don't know why I thought they would dress like doorknobs, but, or be called the knocky-knocks anyways the point is is that they all have matching costumes there are photographs of this tradition's been going on for who knows how long there's maybe 10 photographs of these you can see them in the show notes you can see a couple of hidden camera things going on as well so i'm running with my boys we're the knock knocks we're all the knock knock crew and we would walk through town blowing our goat horns and then we come across another group of people now no one can recognize anybody Which is fine. That's kind of part of the tradition. It's an old fertility rite. But remember, the first thing is, I maybe don't remember. Maybe I didn't say this part yet. It's only men. Women and children are not allowed to take part in this. At 5 p.m., every woman, every child needs to be inside. The streets belong to the men. So let's say the Knock Knock Boys are coming down the street and we see the Goobagoes. Now, we don't know who they are. It's all these people dressed up. So, how do we tell whether or not they're men? Well, a firm handshake. You know, you can do that. Or, um, they, the quote that Rolf sent me was, inspect their undersides. So, I don't know if they're just like grabbing, or <laughs> that's what they're doing, right? I don't think there's really any other way if someone's wearing a majestic robe To tell whether or not they're a male or a female, but once they are all done grabbing each other's junk, then they they move on to the next group of guys. (laughs) They move on to the next group of guys. I'm sure most of it is a firm handshake, but who knows? We're not allowed. We're not allowed to go over and test it. I personally don't want to. I'm not. I'm not really good at costumes. I'd wear my Chewbacca onesie. If you guys all want to buy Chewbacca onesies, we can go rolling up there. But anyways, so that's how they check. Man, you you dude. Yes, yes. Shake hands, grab each other's junk. But what happens if it's a kid or a. <laughs> if it's a kid, they're going to prison, right? If it's a kid, they're like, oh man, um, celebration's over, the cops come and they arrest that guy. If it's a kid, if it's a woman, they have sticks, not the women and the kids. See, they're supposed to be inside, but if they're roaming around, there's, there's Kla- they're called Klausmen. They're called Klausmen, and that means Klaus's uncles. They're basically like, I know this is out of order, but my sugar's wearing out. They're basically like Santa Claus's helpers. But um, they beat you up if you're a woman or a kid. So they have sticks that are wrapped in cloth. And if they come across like a random woman walking down the street, they beat her up with sticks or, if they're being less evil, they pick her up. Well, here's the thing. The sticks are covered in cloth. So, the point isn't to, like, do lasting damage. I wouldn't want to get hit with the stick, no matter how much cloth is wrapped in it. But I definitely wouldn't want this other thing. Apparently, in this town, there's huge open pits of wet, liquid cow poop. They pick women up and they throw them into the cow poop. So... If I had to choose between the two. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was a woman, I would totally be Lisa Simpson. I would totally be like, what? Society says I can't do that? Well, then I'm going to do that. So when I was reading this, I thought, what would I rather do? Have someone hit me with a stick wrapped in cloth or to get a face, a whole body full of warm, wet cow poop. Dry pack cow poop? I could do I could do that all day long. I get back up and like, let's go round two. But if it's wet and it's a it's like a puddle, it's like a pit of it. It's not just like, whoops, I slipped. I'm taking the stick. But then I think I'm kind of diminishing the stick a bit because while they'll like hit you with it, which again, it sucks. It's not good that they're running around with sticks and hitting women. You have to think, are they actually beating, beating these women with this? This story took a dark turn. That's why they don't want people going there. So they don't want people going there. We have stories of them attacking cars with these sticks. And they demolish the cars. The mayor, because you're not supposed to have any lights on during this whole thing. No street lights, no lights coming. Your blinds have to be perfectly closed. The mayor of town was driving through town. And he's trying to get home. And he's like, hey, I gotta go home. (laughs) I'm obviously a dude. I just don't have my costume on yet. I gotta go home and put it on. And they're like, shut off your headlights. And he's like, no, I'm the mayor of town. They destroyed his car in four minutes. So you remember that bonus stage in Street Fighter 2? They did that in real life with sticks. So I, I don't want to min- I in, in my mind, I imagine they're just like slapping the women on the butt with the sticks, but they did t- t- dismantle a BMW in four minutes with these sticks. The reason why I don't think they're actually kicking the crap out of these women is because the point of it is, is this fertility ritual the women are, have to stay in the house from 5 to 7.15. Can't do anything. And then at 7.15, they all go to a communal hall, and the dudes show up with their sticks, and they either hold a stick out and the girl jumps over it, or they tap the girl on the heel and the girl has to dance for them. There's a lot of footage of that, and the girls are smiling, and the kids are playing with toys and stuff like that. So it's really hard to piece the stuff together. So I don't know how much beating is going on. No, any is bad. Any is bad. Again, I'm not trying to defend these guys at all. I find it absolutely bizarre. What I find creepy is that this has gone on for so long, and they've been able to keep it hidden this long. And when I was doing the research on it, there was an article, and they go, note, after we publish this, we begin getting threatening letters from people saying to take it down, and they said the reason why we're keeping these photos up is it was a public place, it wasn't a private. They're really trying to shut it down. They're really trying to keep this ritual hidden. And it could be because it seems to be so violent against women, or they may not even care about that. They may be trying to keep it under wraps because it's just this old, hidden tradition, and they want to keep it that way. But if something could happen just a few miles few miles off the coast, in a town that you could visit 364 days a year and not know anything about it, but you're there on that night. That's bizarre. Like, it sounds like something out of The Wicker Man. It sounds like something out of just a horror movie. There actually is a horror movie based on this, but it's in another language, and I (laughs) didn't want to watch it. But it's funny, because you watch those movies, and you go, oh, that's kind of cool. The Ritual or Midsummer and things like that. But to think that it's real, to think that it's real, that it is violent, that it's happening today, it really makes you wonder how many other events like this are happening around the world. And I know that seems very trite, but in the internet age, the fact that it was up until maybe five or six years ago, this was hidden. Even now, most of the sources I had to have translated. So it's not widespread. How many other small towns in America or small town in Bolivia, or a small town in Russia, or a small town in Australia, has this bizarre ritual that one night a year, or one night every ten years, whatever, the town changes, it becomes a dark reflection of itself, and visitors are not welcome. It sounds like a direct-to-DVD horror movie, but in fact, it is a centuries-old Christmas tradition. And I can think of no better way to end Dead Rabbit Radio's second annual Christmas special than one that includes Santa Claus, violence, madness, and warm, wet cow poop. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. I'll be back in January. I love you guys. Have a safe and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all of that. I love you guys.